Hello and welcome back to another episode of the New Player Podcast, where each week I introduce my friend Jose to a new video game. That's Jose. What's up, what's up? And I'm your host, William Barrios. This week, we're going to be talking Spore with Mark Rentschler. What's up, Mark? Yo, How you doing? thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Last week, we were talking SSX Tricky with Eli Nash, a man you know well. Now we're picking Spore. Uh, tell me a little bit about your relationship with games and what made you pick Spore. I'm a huge gamer. I'm an epic gamer, some might say. <laughs> But I've always played games, and Spore is one of those games that I have, like, kind of those classic gamer connections to, like, those sort of mythical stories that people tell you about, like, waiting until, like, 2 a.m. to pick up Halo or something like that. Because for me, I had to update my OS to get this game, and that took raising $300 as, like, a... I don't know, what year did Spore come out? 2008. It was that expensive? For my OS, I had to get Snow Leopard off the Mac because this had, took too much computing power for my uh, system at the time. So, so I had to raise upgrading cash. Upgrading from one Mac OS to Snow Leopard cost $300 at the time? Yeah. You guys I, are speaking so. another language. I have no idea what y'all are talking about. <laughs> it's, it's like upgrading from like Microsoft, like old Microsoft to like new Microsoft. You had to like buy a license for it. And the license for it is super fucking expensive. I think it was Snow Leopard. So me is like, what? So it's 2002... I was like maybe like 12 or like 11 or something like that trying to raise like $300 to play Spore like begging relatives and like mowing lawns and shit like that going through the whole process of literally buying something that now you can't imagine ever buying because everyone would just pirate that right so this was my vintage gamer story from the early 2000s where yeah I had to like do the kid thing of like raising cash with people just to buy this OS and then spend more cash on Spore because it was like this big dream game. So yeah, for me, like I, I can point back to it as like uh, our hype game, or at least the hype game of like my growing up that was just like unimaginable and something that like you feel like you needed. You know, people were super ready for it. It felt like I was ready for it. Okay, I was ready for some more. I feel like I was also like a uh, familiar with Maxis's other games, like. My dad had um, SimCity on his computer. Like, I think that's what ev- literally everyone says about this like kind of thing. Is like my dad had SimCity, so then I started playing that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that I had that going on already. I was a big Sims fan, like we all are. I th- probably would think here. I've actually never played The Sims. Interesting. I'm assuming I've never you played it. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but I was a big Sims head too. So I was in the Maxis first, if okay. you will. Yeah. So it's definitely Do you have a preference between Sims or Spore? I have complicated feelings around both, Ooh. I guess. Yeah, I like them all. I like them all, but I guess I'd have more of like a nuanced perspective with Spore, like in retrospect, like looking back and being a different person from when I first played it to now and having like, I guess a little bit more of like a, a critical opinion of like the media that I consume and stuff. So I like, I put them on like different levels, like Sims... It's just like pure fun and it's like a it's like a full like just fun dollhouse type game and I guess Spore is similar to that, but there were certain promises attached to Spore that I think as a kid I latched onto. And I think we'll talk about that on this Definitely. episode at some point. So a lot of promises. Yeah. yeah. So were you mainly a PC gaming kid? Were you playing consoles and then you switched over to PC or was this like within the realm of all the PC games you were already playing? Yeah, that's that's interesting because I feel like it was a different. This was like the time of like, you know, the home computer. You know, where like sure. you, everyone would like share a computer, I guess, and like it wouldn't be the most like, unless your dad was like a nerd or your mom or whatever, and they like loved computers or something. Pretty much all of us, I guess, just had like 
basic like desktop for like word processing definitely kind of thing that's what i had yeah Yeah, so that that's what allowed me to play like whatever i could play on pc which is like pretty limited to like adventure games like point and click and stuff like that and the sims and like this game obviously so i wasn't a pc gamer i think that was like too advanced for me at that time like i was a little too young you had to be a little cooler to be doing that or be like an older guy like yeah someone my age now like at that time would probably be like playing cs cs like classic uh shooters and shit like that but not me i was i was a gamecube boy same still a little sweetheart you know yeah and that's part of the reason i ask is because spore for me so this was a game i played as a kid but it was so i never got into pc gaming because it felt so intimidating it felt so like real gaming i feel even that Mm -hmm. way now like pc gamers feel like more real gamers than like console gamers yeah i was playing a lot of wii and gamecube around the time that sport came out and so this like pc game was definitely a departure from the other things that i was playing Mm -hmm. which is part of what i liked it because it felt like i had a lot more control and there was it was just a much different game than what i was used to yeah it's kind of funny like how different the environment of like pc gaming was at that time because i feel like and i'm just kind of like coming up with this right now but like i feel like there wasn't a bridge between like console gaming and uh, pc gaming built at that time so like all the pc games were like rts's or games that like had derived from old adventure games or like point and click games and like all that kind of classic stuff that you don't see on a console but obviously because like those games don't require a controller so being like a pc gamer at that time i feel like was really like different than it is now yeah yeah because for me i'm curious about your um like ecosystem of pc games at that time because for me it was educational games and then spore those are the only games i played on pc were you playing like age of empires were you playing other rts games at the time yeah i played age of empires i started with warcraft classic oh nice yeah the og playing like all the the cool mods that they had like one of my friends was obsessed with those games dude crazy like the the original ones right yep so wild yeah that was such a different time for games like that and like i played all the mods like they had like modded rpg servers and like mafia servers and like all this kind of crazy shit so i played that on pc there's a game I mentioned to you before, the toaster game, the flying toaster. What thing. is the flying toaster game? <laughs> I can't remember what the name of it great is. Great name. Yeah, I really think it was name. literally called Flying Toaster too. I, I I can't remember what it was called, but it it was like a there's like some gaming collection. One of them was called After Dark Games, that had a bunch of like uh, like mini games like okay, uh, like block matching games and like point and click adventure game. But it was like a collection. So that's, like, kind of what the flavor... Oh, and Freddy Fish and, like, other, like, kids point and click. And, like, there's, like, a Wild West game and, like, some Tonka truck games that I played on PC. So it was all, like, those weird kind of, like... I wouldn't... I guess I wouldn't call them early PC games, but, like, like the sort of, like, yep, After Dark games with the flying toaster over there. picture pulled up. Yeah, we pulled that up. (laughs) Look it up. It's it's got such beautiful, (laughs) like, vintage, like, pseudo 3D graphics and, like... It's such a cool vibe and beautiful music and everything, but that that's like the, a period of PC gaming, I feel like, where it was like not new, but still kind of immature in a way and like definitely different than it was today. But that's that was like sort of my experience with like using a PC to play games. Yeah. And other than that, it was full GameCube boy up until PS2, which felt like a, a step into like being more mature, like being a tween, you know? <laughs> Xbox was still too edgy. They had the whole like, <laughs> 
monster kind of vibe branding going on of like that early 2000s edginess like almost like skater type of thing which i think is cool but i i don't know i think my parents maybe just like well tony hawk was such a big part of that (laughs) marketing anyway Yeah. yeah it was it was for an older crowd yeah it was like that um like almost like that leftover edginess from like the 90s you know of like how ads had like slime in them and stuff like that it was yeah. like it was like that kind of thing that's like the, the xbox, xbox logo was literally slime yeah, for exactly. the original yeah yeah it's it's hardcore i played that shit at my friend's houses instead but yeah ps2 gamecube eventually the wii and yeah it just kept growing from there nice I guess we're awesome. to pcs but yeah i'm really glad you chose a pc game because while we're on the topic jose do you have any preconception of like pc versus console or did you play any pc games as a kid or any kind of familiarity i remember playing uh, online games but uh my friend ahmed he actually like he was obsessed with the do you mention two of them before warcraft yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) and like he was like literally like he would stay like up to like five in the morning playing that shit yeah i feel like when people talk about video game addiction world of warcraft is one that they go too quickly yeah that's crazy but apart from that no i don't I, i never I understood that there was, like, I guess it's kind of like the Xbox PS5 thing where you're just, like, you're a PC gamer or you're a PlayStation gamer or whatever. Yeah. It was at the time. There was still yeah. the paradigm. Yeah. I feel like for some people it exists today still, but back then it was real, mm-hmm. right? Like, where there were true PC gamers and then normies, like yeah. like us, you know? Yeah, definitely. And now it's just kind of all cross, like... Yeah. It, it's more about the game and mm-hmm. more about the the exclusives that you're getting, mm-hmm. which aren't even that exclusive anymore. I mean, God of War is on PC, so... Yeah. It's all just kind of crossing Oh, that's over. crazy. Yeah. Even the new one? I don't know about the new one. Probably eventually, but the 2018 one, they Damn. did eventually port over to PC. Um, but, yeah. I feel like I enjoy that better, honestly. Like, I, like, I feel like I'd be... Uh, like, if I was to be, like, a gamer, I would do better at, like, PC interesting like to learn on yeah i can i don't i just don't like the controllers i mean i understand it's like fun to hold it but like i just don't i can't and maybe like doing the clicking is is gonna be easier it's interesting because i feel like the the controls for this one were Mm -hmm. something that you weren't a fan of but you still prefer it over a controller in ways yeah just because it's more like intuitive or something you're used to it's just yeah more just like straightforward okay gotcha and the other things i'm like i'm multitasking I'm, i'm like I can't fucking ADHD man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I that's really interesting because for me, I feel like because I grew up with GameCube and mm-hmm. then later, you know, PlayStation and Xbox and stuff. To me, I I like divorce the two where it's either I'm playing a game which I associate with a console, or I'm doing like work or like surfing yeah. the internet which I associate with a PC. Um, and so I I mean I have a PC that can handle like video games and stuff, and sometimes I'll play games on it. But it always feels, I don't know, being at my desk on my computer feels like work almost. <laughs> but, okay, yeah, and then on TV, it's like you're like in the story, like watching kind of like a movie. Yeah, it's like I'm in veg yeah. mode. I'm in entertainment yeah. mode. I feel that. Yeah, I feel that. But PC. I mean, if I, what do you think draws you more to the PC side? Just the controls or? The controls. I'm wondering, like, I could definitely have like a big ass screen set up, like a TV monitor and just with a keyboard. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, that'd be dope. That'd be That's dope. definitely a way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a preference, Mark? I'm I'm a I'm an elite gamer only. Let me put that out there right away. I sit super fucking close. I sit extremely close <laughs> oh, to my curved God. monitor. I'm in there. That's my hell preferred yeah. style. And it's funny too. You mentioned the thing about like controllers versus like um, 
mouse and keys is like that kind of like paradigm because we were talking before too like how classic games they were like classic pc games you know mouse and keys and it's such a different format than like using a controller and like mm. to that extent they changed like the whole format of the game because like a lot of those games were slower and like involved with like clicking and like utilizing lots and lots of hotkeys like like um early dota or whatever right and like all the like old early rts games and like starcraft and stuff it's like a totally different way of like playing games and like a different imagination of games so it's kind of funny like you say that like the keys is better because at first i was like huh that seems weird to me but i kind of understand because like you actually like type and do other shit on like a keyboard but like a controller is literally only for like right a game for like, a keyboard you have some foundational yeah. like understanding and this is like reminding me actually like literally the only video games that i genuinely enjoyed playing growing up was stuff like Frogger, uh, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, uh, Sonic's uh, Pac-Man, like all that shit. And I, li- I would literally go online and just like search it up and like play it. And play it on your computer. Yeah. Yep. That's nice. Yeah. And I was like, okay, just like hitting the up and downs and the sides and shit. I was like, okay, that's, that's like simple. I straight to the point. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. I remember there was a website called, I think Shockwave Games or mm. something. But it was like that online flash player where you're just like dropping balloons off a bridge and trying to hit people. Yeah. And that was a whole like era of, I wouldn't even call it gaming, but like mini games that is so fun. Did mini y'all gaming. ever play uh, My Friend uh, Pedro? No. Wait, is that with the banana? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where yeah, you're yeah. like skateboarding? I don't know. You're like flipping and stuff. You're like shooting people. Yeah, 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 that game's yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, when did you play that? That's a recent game, huh? No. That's an old game? Yeah. It used to be like literally like just 2D of the guy going down the levels and shit. Oh damn! Yeah. Oh wow! I this think that's what classic. It's it no, is on yeah. Steam. Yep. That's it, it looks kind of familiar a little bit. Is this from the days of Newgrounds? Did either of you guys do Newgrounds? I didn't, I but I feel like it would be. Newgrounds was mm-hmm. yeah that just to more nostalgia tripping. That was definitely a big part of the era of like playing Spore and stuff like that. I've that heard was it's Newgrounds legacy. times. That was torrenting golden age where you could get whatever you wanted folks beautiful the internet's not looking good <laughs> i've heard people talk about like with youtube or new grounds where they talk about the wild west of the internet of just like it being such a creative utopia and that's definitely new grounds is definitely something they point to a lot yeah uh well let's dive into the specs of spore a little bit this came out in 2008 uh we're coming from i think 2001 for ssx tricky so a significant amount of time has passed, but this is for Windows, Microsoft Windows, and Mac OS X. The genre is life simulation and god game, and the format is real-time strategy. So this one's tough because there's a lot of different game styles within one game. Yeah. So you go between the different stages. You start out, for anybody who doesn't know, Spore is you start out as a single life cell, and then you eventually grow that cell into a tribe a culture, a civilization, and then you're trying to take over, like, the galaxy. The sirens are loud. Wow. <laughs> it's aggressive sirens. It's like half the city chasing after one. Sounds like a sound effect. <laughs> we'll drop it in after. Um, so, real-time strategy, we've touched on it on a previous episode, but, you know, it's it's the civilization stage where you're sending vehicles out to conquer other tribes or civilizations other cities kind of being a god game of controlling these creatures how did this style of game hit you because this i was saying this while we were playing this to me feels like the most video gamey game that we've played yet. for sure yeah 
I don't know why I just wanted to fuck shit up. Like I was literally <laughs> killing everyone. Like I was like, you can bargain. Nope, I'm just gonna fucking take over though. <laughs> uh i don't know where that came out from but uh that's yeah that was fun it was a really fun game good i'm yeah. glad okay cool so god gamer real time strategy doing well this is part of a series i mean they've been some spinoffs but really spore has been the main one uh the developer is maxis the publisher is electronic arts the director is i mean director slash creator is will wright who also created the sims and Sim City, we're going to be talking about him a lot this episode. A visionary mind. Exactly. He's got Definitely a lot visionary. of interesting philosophies about just games' purposes in general. I'm going to start a fucking petition to fucking bring back a new version of Spore. That's oh, just fuck, like a, okay. a revamped shit. Like, I'm for it. I'm so for it. <laughs> <laughs> that shit would be wild with today's technology. Like that Definitely. shit would. They're they're bringing back Avatar now. Yeah, we can bring yeah. back all for real. The this early is like the same vibe. I don't shit. know why. Yeah, all the weird yeah. things that came out at that time. Yeah. I don't know if it. I didn't think what year is Avatar? A little bit after Spore, maybe. I think still so kind of like the same, same media. Spore era. walked so Avatar could run. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Spore is like I feel like there's like so much behind it. Like there's so much like meaning behind it. That's yeah. fucking crazy. Oh yeah. And the creator he intended a lot of meaning behind yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I He's can a tell. cool guy. Yeah. I can tell. And, I mean, talking about, like, um, you know, character creators in, like, Cyberpunk or something where they're like, whoa, this is so detailed, you can change their dick size or something. (laughs) But Spore was way ahead of that. Spore, you can create an entire species and have it not only be consistent throughout, like, a civilization, but have what you do in the cell stage affect what you do the equivalent of like thousands of years yeah, later and, and if you wanted to give him a dick you could just put like a horn there or something yeah. like that and yeah. you, you'd get creative that you had limitations but you would overcome them and Absolutely. that's what makes sport i feel like so people's cool. imagination out is just so limited like they don't i i there's nothing like i watched uh we watched avatar in the movie theater recently that shit was Me too. crazy that was my Strange. first time ever like finishing the entire movie Really? And yeah. that shit blew my mind. Wait, did it was you like see a it roller in the coaster? No. Yeah, we went to the uh, oh, yeah, we went to the we IMAX, the like 3D I think IMAX yeah. version, which you did too, right? <laughs> I saw it at uh, on I the USC watch campus. That shit again. Nice. I don't know why like that movie is like really connecting with this with this game for me. It's because it's like an era. I don't know. I didn't think about it before, but I, I do feel like there is something weirdly connected about it. It's like this like it's like this modern and really over elaborated like and thought out like viewpoint of like native nativity scene mm-hmm. and like evolution and like combining that with like some weird like message of like yeah. either educating or like making a some kind of like critique i don't think um spore is attempting to make a critique i'm talking about avatar with that but like i do see like uh spore is doing something like kind of interesting and like specific to the time i guess in a similar way that maybe avatar was I don't think that there's any, like, thematic yeah. connections really beyond that, but... Well, and both are kind yeah. of, like, glorifying that early stage, you know, like, nature and, like, triumph yeah. of yeah. nature overall. Yeah. Also gives Good. me, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey vibes. Yeah, with just the slow yep. evolution yeah. and definitely. And, like, you mentioned earlier, too, um, like, educational things. This right. is... I, I was gonna ask you about that, too, if you think this game... If you guys think this game is, like, made to be educational or not because like it almost feels like a little bit and i guess maybe you plan on talking about that too in detail about like the philosophy of the creator whose name i already forget even though we'll write, we'll write. Yeah. yeah we'll write it's very historic too like yeah, it like, shows you like how like things were actually done you can tell that yeah. it's someone who like 
I don't know, it gives almost like a Silicon Valley vibe or something like that of someone who has like a really like a deep lore behind their mm-hmm. like thinking and like the reasons why something was designed the way it was. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you guys thought about that. If it's like supposed to be this learning I'm, tool no, or yeah, something. I'm, I'm totally with you. I feel like he is somebody who, I mean, I respect any just creator of anything who has such intention behind what they're making above money or, you know, fame or like brand recognition or whatever yeah. it is yeah i was gonna say let's dig into will right it makes sense to talk Absolutely. about him doesn't it yeah i've got plenty written about him one of the things that um he had a goal of this was it being montessori toys which i had to look up what those were but they're like the basic blocks that kids will use whenever they're like growing up and just learning tactile responses and stuff he wanted Spore to be a digital Montessori toy for kids. That's so funny, because when we were playing, I was watching you play earlier, mm-hmm. and um, I was thinking to myself, this is so toy-like. Like, you it mentioned feels, that. Yeah, yeah like, everything that. that was going on, I'm like, this feels so much like a toy. And, like, a way that, like, modern games don't seem to feel like that. But it really did feel like you were, like, molding clay or, like, playing with blocks or doing something that's, like, way more elemental. And I feel like maybe it's because games were still, like, at this point of, like, trying to, like recreate things that were it's a simulation actually yeah. maybe that's yeah. it it's just like a simulation game and they took like a toy-like angle yeah. on it i guess did you guys ever have those like blocks for your math classes that you like stick together you can like yeah. connect them? yeah that shit gives me those vibes too. definitely yeah. and and it's awesome that that's what he was going for and yeah. that that's what because i remember as a kid and i saw you playing with the creature creator a lot mm-hmm. that's the best part of this yeah. game where you can just you can create your own buildings, ships, creatures, whatever it is, and see them interacting with other creations in the world. Mm-hmm. That's such a like core developmental thing for a kid. Designing yeah. the whole thing, I fucking love that, dude. So I was fun. there for like I don't know how long, just like designing everything. <laughs> well, to give some context for some other games that were out at the time, uh, Grand Theft Auto 4, Call of Duty World at War, Fallout 3, Left 4 Dead, and Dead Space were some other games that came out around wow. this time. Fallout 3 and Dead Space? The same time as this. That's so weird. To Graphics hear, don't line up. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. But the goals are so different, too, that it makes sense. Like, 100%. Wow. Dead Space looked crazy at that time, too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so, um, you know, 2001 was SSX Tricky. This game was 2008. So to kind of fill in some gaps, uh, in 2002, Xbox Live debuted. In 2003, the Steam Store launched, and in 2006, the Wii, re- the Wii was released. So this is a time where I was definitely playing the Wii. Uh, they're coming off a great year in 2007, which had Portal, Bioshock, Super Mario Galaxy, and Halo 3. Wow. Which are... <laughs> Imagine that happening, anything close to that happening now. Like, what the Those fuck? are serious heavy hitters. Wow. They're also such unique games, too. Like, yeah. They're so different each in their own right wow yeah impressive year and kind of <laughs> for portal and bioshock kind of meta too like games as games oh yeah yeah they're such gamey games i feel like um what's the what's the name of the guy who designed bioshock again do you guys remember i can't that? remember his name I just, i'm such a i was a huge fan like back in the day so i knew his name but i i'm forgetting it now but he's another guy who has a really strong uh in, like vision of what game design should look like too. definitely yeah yeah and the way that narrative interacts with game design yeah. yeah overall jose we got some of your first impressions how did you feel uh with spore just kind of generally before we dive deep in the next section i loved it it was fucking great i at the beginning i was like what the fuck is this <laughs> and then but it reminded me of that snake game where you just like 
you're just eating other snakes and then you become oh. bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of that. And then it moved on to the other stages. I'm not going to lie. The last one was my least favorite one. I feel like the, the space or the civilization. Both of those. I didn't like them. <laughs> I like the, the first one. And then I like the, where you're like attacking other tribes. Yeah. Okay. Those yeah. two were fucking I'm, amazing. I think I won't speak for the viewership or you will, but I think that is what most people yeah. tend to get out of that game too, mm-hmm. is that like the beginning is so sweet, but then you it sort of falls into like feeling a little bit yeah, repetitive yeah. after that. But I guess we'll, we'll get into that further if, if we want to talk like about each stage specifically and like, definitely. Yeah. And we'll find further on that everybody kind of has their own uh, interpretation and yeah. like feeling of spore which is great to see from a game, just everybody coming to it like with their own feelings. But yeah, we'll, we'll dive deep in the next section. We'll, uh, we'll throw it to a break right now, and we'll be right back on the New Player Podcast. And we're back. The New Player Podcast talking about Spore. I mean, we've already had a lot of interesting points on this game, so we could just dive right in. The main character, it's up to you. The player creates the main life form. We touched on it a little bit earlier, but you create a single-celled organism that eventually becomes like a space-faring civilization. The way it's written is control the development of a species from its beginning as a microscopic organism through development as an intelligent and social creature to interstellar exploration as a space-faring it's culture. A, it's a Darwinist game. Yes, you are mm-hmm. like shepherding evolution. That's basically the name of the game. So yeah, you start out in the cell stage, you move on to the creature stage, and then you have tribal, civilization, and space. So you said, what were your favorite uh, stages? The single cell organism and the, uh, like, sorry, tribal, like the... Yeah, we might have some yeah, burpees in yeah. here, because <laughs> we, uh, we just loaded up on some Energon at the, <laughs> at the local Wendy's, so yeah. yeah, we're doing good now. We took a little food break. Yeah. One of us, uh, Aaron, as always, is with us. He did not get his nuggets, unfortunately. Yeah. So and we're munched, feeling good. And I munched our not uh, so kids' meal. <laughs> <laughs> so we're feeling good. Yeah, the, so we took two very different approaches to this game. Mm. I played through as a herbivore mm. who was winning over other tribes by <laughs> dancing and playing instruments and becoming friends with people and then when i got to the city stage it was like uh we were trading and then i would buy up cities and then that's how i wound up like controlling the planet Damn. Uh, how did you play i was like <laughs> i was a uh, carnivore most of the time and I was fucking shit up. Killing you were other. killing yeah. everyone you came into contact somehow, with. Somehow, Will, God. you sound still... So, so bad. I feel like Will sounds pretty sinister, too. It's almost like a soy boy into, mm. like, um, like yeah. evil bureaucrat. It's fucking line. Jar Jar Binks. That's the real Sith. Evil, yeah, the real know. Sith. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it was, because in the early stages, it was like you know, putting on concerts for the other tribes and stuff. And then it was <laughs> you start just, off soft, you know? <laughs> and then it was running the spice trade and just flooding their market and then taking over the planet. Yeah, you just flood the markets with opium. Exactly. It was definitely, it was the Elon Musk approach for yeah. sure. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's definitely, I mean, carnivore life and slaughter is pretty brutal too, though. I saw you club some innocents to death. Yeah, yeah, like you didn't even need food at times, and I still saw you clubbing uh, <laughs> random people to death and taking their meat. So I don't know. I think next time, can I download this shit on my Mac? Uh, yeah, I, I can. 
I don't know how much it costs. Ooh, I, I think I'm gonna get it. I'm not gonna lie. You could maybe get a crack. I think I'm gonna go with yeah. uh, Herbivore yeah. next time. Okay, yeah. written. Yeah. Herbivores like... look funny. That's the good thing about them. You have funny parts when you're an herbivore. You do. Or yeah. maybe maybe uh, what is it uh, what, what's the other one? Not uh, carnivore. Carnivore. Omnivore. Omnivore. There we go. Oh yeah, in the later stages, you were more of an omnivore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think your first words when opening this game were "fuck vegans." So it would. Be... It was. Oh my god. <laughs> it would be interesting to see you play an oh herbivore, knowing that. I just screamed into the microphone. I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll see how evil vegans really are yeah. once you get deeper into it. Join the soy boy side. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mark, what's your go-to strategy playing a game like Spore? Do you shake it up every time, or do you have a main approach? I feel like, so I would play a lot of these games alongside my older brother, and like, so we would play The Sims and stuff like that, and just for example, in The Sims, we liked to sort of either build like a maze house and like trap people in it, or like turn ourselves into like a traveling band and like set off pyrotechnics inside of people's houses. So I think like my goal with a lot of the Maxis games was probably to break them in a way. And so we would just try to make, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't like that when I first got it, but I, the stuff that I do remember, like the most like fun and like engaging things from that game really was just like trying to make something just really stupid or that seems like it wouldn't work. Like me and my brother made a faction called the rambunctious and they're just these guys like, Honestly, like, basically, like, a proto-Chad type of meme. Like, literally sort of same stance of, like, butt out, uh, like, chest puffed out. And he had, like, the kind of, like, uh, like you, you guys know, like, the crimson chin? Yeah. Like, so he had, like, a yeah. big-ass chin and, like, a butt, like, a baboon kind of butt. And I, Did I mention their names? The Rambunctious? Yeah, the Rambunctious. And so they had no hands. They had saw blades for hands. Damn. And all they would do is kill and, like... It was to the point, like, I know you were doing this too, and I feel like if you would have carried on, maybe you could get to this point, but <laughs> we just like, expanded so aggressively that just, like, taking over, like, almost the whole, like, half of, like, the, like, star system that you're in, God and, like, the game, damn. the part where it's, like, a pain in the ass for your other saves, where, yeah. like, I would make another character and try to load in and do something else, but there was too many rambunctious, and, like, <laughs> they would, like, nuke your planet, like, damn. they were so fucking aggressive that, like, you just couldn't exist, so I like I remember like doing stuff like that or like just making like a tube creature with no features at all like just a blind blob that doesn't do anything but yeah. just like bring it to the space age and like make it some sort of like super thing. Yeah, it's like a really good game like if you want to do really stupid shit. So like I think that's how I tend to go with any sandbox game is just like stupid stupid shit or like trying to like break it in some way of like getting a shit ton of food and just upgrading all my stuff to the max like yeah but yeah that's the beauty of a game like this too that you can it works either way you can do whatever the fuck you want yeah. and it'll work either way a star wars version of this would be fucking insane yeah like a tuscan raider fighting off in the fucking tribe or something yeah like, i mean it pretty much like if you wanted to create those species you could just create that no. like it gives Damn. you the, the tools to do that yeah. oh my gosh um so yeah really quick let's go over kind of each stage um in the cell stage you can choose between being an herbivore a carnivore an omnivore and then you keep growing bigger until you get legs how did this stage feel it seemed like the controls were maybe a little frustrating at first it was i liked it though it, it was a little I, I i remember being a little annoyed but <laughs> i remember being a little annoyed bro I've, i i didn't realize how much how long i, I was fucking playing that video game you did tell me that you were like an arcade gamer right like 
You told me some of the... You played, like, Frogger and stuff like that, right? Yeah, but it was online. It was, like, using the keyboard. Right. But still, to me, though, that translates pretty well to the first stage of that game, because it is more of, like, a retro kind of game, like, where you're just, like, collecting stuff. And I'll say, too, that's, like, my favorite stage. And it wasn't when I was a kid, because I I was tricked by that simplicity, but... (laughs) Now you know that's the one. <laughs> that stage is really fun. So then once you grow legs, you go on to the creature stage yeah. where the goal is to befriend or attack other creatures as you move your nest around. How did that feel? Uh, I definitely enjoyed the underwater or whatever that was a lot better. Yeah. Uh, and then I think I liked the the one after that where you begin to actually like... The tribal. Yeah. 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 I kind of... I don't know how to judge it. I think it's one where it's cool because like you're you physically change your your like model so much like to get an ability like right. if you want to fly you need wings and that's actually like kind of a cool like feature i was I fucking up those wings did you bastards. have wings no oh yeah because you had like antlers <laughs> and shit right purple motherfuckers <laughs> but you, ha- yeah, well, you yeah, had describe your guys. describe your final form yeah because <laughs> it was wild <laughs> <laughs> what, what did i name it the demo what was it the, the, the unigorgon the unigorgon <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like what was it kind of like it reminded me kind of uh, a flamingo but like deformed fucking giant flamingo uh <laughs> kind of like a goose it kind of had like a goose yeah. shape like and a uh, instead of a beak it was the fucking demogorgon's face and they had antlers. huge antlers uh and it had like ribbed arms too <laughs> it was Hell nightmare yeah. fuel for sure but it God, definitely did something we save that, that? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think it automatically saves. Yeah. Definitely something I could see taking over a planet. The yeah. Unigorgon. Yeah. The Unigorgon. <laughs> Fucking savages. A scourge. So. Yeah. yeah, and then after the tribal stage, you have civiliz- civilization mm-hmm. in space, and you already kind of touched on how those yeah. didn't really uh, pique your interest as much. Mm-hmm. In terms of, you know, any kind of end game to this, you it kind of goes on indefinitely, but you can play until once you get to the space stage, you're pretty much just taking over the galaxy. And then you can get to the center of the galaxy and you meet this like spaceship type thing there with somebody inside called Steve. Mm -hmm. And Steve is like the most important or like most powerful thing in the galaxy. And it's kind of hinted that he's maybe even like from Earth or something. Mm -hmm. And he gives you the staff of life. And then once you have the staff of life, you can like terraform other planets. And then that's that's as end game as you get to. And then we were talking as we were playing kind of about the interconnected you could go and see your brother's creations or you could see other people's like as I was in the creature stage a UFO came down and picked up some of my like domesticated animals and they were another person's creation that which is was a dope big part of can you go to war with another person? yes exactly really? yeah Oof. and this was early you know we just saw Xbox yeah. Live it was pretty recent so that interconnected play is still pretty you know it's a new thing kind of gets you like Clash of Clans vibes <laughs> yeah and so part of what Steve says as you're entering the center of the universe he says Greetings, my friend. You have traveled very far and overcome many obstacles. Along the way, you have encountered many of your diverse, far-flung siblings. Precious few of them will make it this far. Your heroic efforts have proven you deserving, worthy of advancement to the next level of your existence. The universe you inhabit is but one of many countless worlds, unseen but yet connected. Your creative efforts have not gone unnoticed. Indeed, they have spilled into these other unseen worlds, just as your world has been enriched by them. So pretty much what he's saying is it's online. <laughs> like <laughs> all of your stuff is the stuff you created is now mm-hmm. going to be in another person's spore game okay. and another person's creations you were able to put into your game. This is such so. a design mark of like the early 2000s. It's crazy. Like, yeah. Developers being like, we can finally start to sort of like 
sew people's experiences together a little bit. Like, it's not on the level of, like, today with some games. Like, Mm -hmm. I almost see Dark Souls as being similar in that it, like, has this, like, middle ground-ish type of thing where it's not, like, this utopia of, like, oh, like, you can just jump in, jump out, like, and play through a full story or anything. It's, like, a realistic, limited sort of, like, way of doing that. It's funny to, like, yeah, look back on this and see, like, some traces of something, like, maybe sort of similar, you know, with, like, how you can share content. That was something that happened again, I guess, later in, like, PS3 with, like, Little Big Planet and stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah. building levels and sharing it. And I think that was, like, maybe, like, part of, like, the design philosophy of, like, the early and mid-2000s that started to, like, fade away a little bit, you know? There's yeah. still probably stuff like that. Or, but, like, yeah. even on something like Rocket League, how you can... Other people can make training stages for you to train yourself I on. I didn't know that. And they make their own courses. That's interesting. I like that mid-ground. Or like, um, I think Skate 3, you could make skate parks that other people could then race yeah. in. I, I do think this stuff is slowly... Or I do think that like studios started to do this less and less because they were more incentivized by like selling cosmetics or like yeah. selling... Like trying to like sell something rather than like allowing the players to have like an, an open market type of thing. So... I feel like it is one of those things that'll be rare now just because of the way that, like, games are monetized and, like, work now. Definitely. Like, even in Call of Duty, we can't put on, like, uh, face paints and, like, customize the guns in the same way. Like, there was, like, a time where we were we were so customizable, like, in, like, Black Ops and Pass. Yeah. yeah, now it's, like, you gotta pay for it and everything, and that's part of why, like, a game like Spore is, like, it could exist today. Like, someone could make a, a copy or, like, a knockoff, but it would be much more of a novelty, I think, yeah. than Spore was when it came out because yeah. it really was, like, filling this gap that nothing else really could, you know? Yeah. So, that, yeah, that's something, I guess, that makes it special and unique and why maybe a game like that couldn't really be made again because yeah. it's not really marketable anymore. And you compare it to something like Fortnite yeah. and for how expensive Spore is, it feels so much smaller than Fortnite because it's so... And not even the online stuff, but just in terms of how much they're asking you to invest yourself in the world. Fortnite yeah. feels like a get your parents' credit card, get as many V bucks. It's in the real can. world, <laughs> like yeah. Spore's a tight game loop too, definitely. Even though it's sound and it's a big game, like the, there's obviously a lot and there's emphasis on exploration and stuff. But really, like the game loop, if you wanted to play it quickly, like you could have gone through cell stage in a couple minutes, push through creature stage. Like if you don't want to savor it. You could really push through it if you didn't want to customize stuff, but, like, that's not really the point of this game. It's more of, like, a meditative... It's a sim game, so you're supposed to, like, sit and, like, enjoy, like, playing with it. And like, yeah, which kind of comes to, uh, it seemed like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like the most that you enjoyed this game was the in-between stages where you were designing, which as a kid, yeah. that to me was my favorite mm-hmm. part of it. But is that something that stood out to you? Oh, for sure. Apart from those two levels that I mentioned before, the the design of everything, it was like, damn. Like, I, I was going to, like, I wanted to take my time and design everything, like, the actual way I wanted to do it, not just like, oh, God, let me create something real quick. Yeah. That's yeah. just, like, super fun. Right? Yeah, because for anyone who hasn't played Spore, you, you design your creature in the beginning, but then as you... As your species starts to collect around like a town hall, you design that town hall and then mm-hmm. you you start to develop uh, transportation and tanks and stuff and you design each one of those vehicles. And then as you go into space, you design spaceships and yeah. and you have control over every single aspect. It feels like the most sandboxy yeah. sandbox it, that like there's ever been. It's like playing with blocks, basically. Absolutely, like It really yeah. is this like just like block-like experience of... It's like clay and blocks like meshed together because you can kind of like stretch your yeah, stuff like out. Legos, and, like, yeah. Yeah. It makes it feel really cool and it's like Fucking almost Legos, like bro. 
Yeah, it's like pre three D modeling in a way, like yeah. but with very like preset stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can just do like whatever. But some people can finesse some pretty crazy creatures. Definitely. Like we were just yeah. looking at like someone made like an old man, which I guess for people who haven't played it, that seems like oh that's that's easy. I can make an old man. <laughs> but you need to realize that like these creatures are blobs. Like yeah. you're you're playing with like early. 2000 kind of like rendered blobs that you mm-hmm. can stretch out and like make into worms and like put googly eyes onto and yeah, stuff. Yeah, pretty much yeah. clay. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to demean it because there's a lot of options though. Like you can add like gills to shit. It's like an like, infinite blob. All kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's you can do a lot. So pe- some people can stretch that out to the point where they're making stuff that you obviously shouldn't like weren't intended to make, but like work very very well. So kind of just yeah. shows like the breadth of that kind of game. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, some of the stages that they scrapped, they wanted to have even more. They were going to do a molecular, an aquatic, a city, oh, and a terraforming yeah, I stage. Remember, wow. I remember the aquatic, like, seeing that early. Oh, really? And just thinking it was so, like, cool-looking, and, like, I really That's thought so... the game was going to be like that. And Maybe this can bridge into, like, why my opinions on this game are more nuanced than, like, a, a different type of game, because, like... When this first when this was first announced, it was so hyped up, and it really they made it seem like it was like you are simulating life. You're gonna have a cell, it's gonna evolve like with purpose into this sea creature, and then you will see it emerge from the ocean onto land, and you will develop a culture. It's all stuff that is so like appealing sounding, and it's stuff that can exist in a game world, but it's shit that's like we all know is like hard to pull off. Like now in 2022, when a game promises that, because people are like maybe like. We've been through the cyberpunk fiasco now, right. and like through other stuff like that. So now people see that and they're like, okay, can you really make it so that I can buy an apartment, become a landlord, go explore, scuba dive, like go to space <laughs> and go to a new galaxy or whatever? Like a lot of times we yeah. now see that as like being a little bit like far-fetched. But when this game came out, it was like, it felt like a new promise to me at least of like really a world that you can own. And I think like they did... They did manage to get a lot of that out, and I loved this game very much. But there is this whole aspect of, like, you mentioning all the dropped content, which, as an adult, because I was a little baby when this game came (laughs) out. As an adult, now I get it. I'm like, okay, duh. But at the time, yeah, you were, like, we were talking about, like, a much more fully-fledged system, I think, than what we got with the final game, you know? So, like, that's, like, one of those points of contention about this game, and I think it's, like, it's something that's worth, like, mentioning and, like, complaining about but i don't think it really like overshadows like why this game is significant or anything like that and that's definitely part of its legacy is that parts of it feel uh maybe incomplete isn't the wrong word but shallow in parts of it yeah well like you you had you lost interest in like the later stages of the game and i i think that's for like a reason and that's because like and we talked about this too the best part of it is like designing your shit like you lost track of time like you didn't Mm -hmm. even know how fucking I don't know. <laughs> like how, how long you were sitting there like designing stuff because that's yeah. so fun and it's something that like you don't really get from many other games like mario paint existed when we were all kids and that did like a similar thing of just like i don't even know what i'm doing and it doesn't matter it just feels really good and it, that's kind of like that same sort of thing but then once you get into like seeing all of that in like the world it's really nice at first but then i think the longer you play it the more you're kind of like Oh man, it's starting to feel like less like my decisions are mattering. Yeah. And like, you know, hats off to Maxis. They make such mm-hmm. they made such cool shit and I guess they still make the Sims or whatever. But like yeah. it's still an incredible game, but like that's like one of those things, I guess, that I, I even like remember feeling as a kid where I like I would get to the space stage and then just be like 
yeah, I don't really want to grind, like, all of these civilizations. Yeah, for what? Yeah. Yeah, then I'm going to get to the end and, like, whatever. And by the... There was um, a DLC that came out for this game. They didn't call it DLC at the time. It was just, like, an extra disc or whatever. I, I forget what they would call it. An expansion. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and it was, like, one that I, I think it was called, like, Galactic Conquest Adventures or something. Or something? Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. And, like, the emphasis was on, like, the ability to get out of your ship and stuff like that. And I remember, like, thinking when the game came out, like, that's what it would be like more and... Yeah, I think by the time that came out, I was like kind of over Spore. Yeah, I, I never even so much. I never even got into that, but yeah. I mean, I am glad that they, you know, stuck with it to try and see more of that promise because, yeah. yeah, and it deserves it, right? Definitely, like, yeah. It's a cool. Concept. And as a kid, I was like, I I never got even to the space stage. I got to the point where. I could design my spaceship, and then I was like, I'm done. But I never actually went through the space stage. But I always assumed, oh, they're, the promise they're promising me is full, like, I can go as far as this game. Yeah. As far as I want to put into this game, it will give me. But even in the cell stage today, while you were playing, and it said, like, the, the decisions you make as a cell will yeah. affect your civilization much later. Yes and no. I mean... It'll determine whether or not you're a carnivore or an herbivore, but uh-huh. the more you were playing, I was like, it doesn't really do anything. Like, uh-huh. you are still making any choice that you want to make. It doesn't okay. really put limits on you. So in that sense, yeah, it kind of goes yeah. back on that promise. But it's a cool flavor. Like, yeah. It's nice to It's like that. wishful thinking. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I always appreciate stuff that's there for, like, flavor. But with a game like this, it feels like the design is... The design could be so intentional and like the concepts like make so much sense because it's like systems that maybe exist in real life and that you can emulate in a game in like a simulation and it's like it's a good place for that but I don't know it, it's like a dream to build a game that was like a true god game where you can yeah. see history unfold like that's very difficult and there's it is there's very few games that do that kind of thing so and mark you mentioned the idea of it being a toy uh in the first section and this is actually something that the creator will write coined a term software toy talking about sim city that's so cool i forgot about that yeah because i've done reading about sim city because it's so it's so interesting yeah yeah so there's this whole idea um and this is something that's new to me too, Jose. The idea of a software toy or a non-game game. Mm. This is something that I recently learned about. So the creator of this game, Will Wright, coined the term software toy to describe SimCity where the goal is to build the city, but there's no outright end of the game. Yeah. So non-game game was coined by Nintendo president at the time, Satoru Iwata, in 2005. He said, a form of entertainment that really doesn't have a winner or even a real conclusion. It's so ambient. there's ambient gaming yeah exactly i love that which seems like yeah. it blew up with mobile gaming and was right. getting big at the time with not Nintendo not as DS good as not at all original version because you have to pay yeah <laughs> you have to constantly have microtransactions <laughs> gotta monetize um, it baby you exactly scratch and examples would be like the stanley parable animal crossing oh, yeah. uh stardew valley where you're you just keep playing for the experience of playing yeah. and Dude, you're not getting an end screen powder game have you guys ever heard of that no, game i don't know the one it's like did you guys ever play falling sand on Newgrounds? we were talking about Newgrounds earlier and no it's like a game where basically you click and like pixels fall out and they simulate the physics sugar of sugar like oh a real yeah sugar thing. sugar I played yeah. That oh okay so it's another yeah. version of that there's yeah. one called powder 
Okay. It's like a newer one that takes up more processing powder because you simulate like chemical reactions and shit. Like you can build like a like a nuclear reactor. Oh wow. It's fucking crazy. Mm, that sounds cool. So yeah, now that it's on like that kind of level where like engineers will play, be like, I want to play in uh what'd you call it? A, a software toy? Software toy. Like I feel like that is really like a quintessential software toy. Literally just sitting there dropping sand yeah. and like uh making chemical reactions on your on your desktop that's that like, sounds really cool yeah it's though. like where that's gone i guess into 2022 yeah. yeah and we talked about an ssx tricky that creators mm. or developers saying uh i'm not making a game as much as i'm making an experience but even then that obviously feels like much more of a game than something like spore right? oh 100 yeah how 100%. how did that and so we've been talking about video games in a pretty mm-hmm. flat not flat but you know clear-cut way of there's a competition and you're trying mm-hmm. to achieve something did that feel like spore or did it feel more like playing with play-doh or just the experience How it weirdly compare? like reminded me of cinematic video games that i like like stuff like the last of us and stuff like that i don't know why but it, it reminded me of, of things like that and i think that's what makes me want to continue playing it because to me that i would put those on opposite end of the spectrum really? something like a cinematic yeah. and spore what felt similar uh, I guess the decision making and then seeing the creature grow and then you can literally like go from quote unquote scene to scene where now he's like the the main character oh. <laughs> is, is like entering a new chapter and then like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. It's just like one, like six billion year old creature continually mm-hmm. evolving yeah. and living his story out it's like the truman show of That's the funny. fucking thing like, like, you really like uh like related to this like individual creature yeah it's like a, as like you playing that's so funny because that's not the point of the game dude it's like such a god game simulator where you're supposed to be detached i love that you're sitting there like this is me this is my and game. i think that's what i love so that's, much about this sick. game now because it's like everyone has a diff- different opinion on it even <laughs> so, here, like, yeah. absolutely like, yeah well and so that ties into um will wright gave a ted talk about spore and the birth of just kind of this new game genre where he coined this term and uh, this is from a wired article summing that up so this is will wright people think of me as a game designer but i really think of these things more as toys he sees his creations as modern montessori toys that allow people to explore and discover. And then quickly, I looked it up. A Montessori toy is one that stimulates learning by encouraging kids to experiment. It should be a toy that they can hold and touch as learning to manipulate objects is key in helping children develop their fine motor skills. So this being the digital equivalent of that. Hmm. And then he says, most games put the player in the role of Luke Skywalker. This is more about putting the player in the role of George Lucas. Spore, he says, will be a philosophic toy. Mm-hmm. And like any toy, it will be an amplifier for the player's imagination. By playing through the life cycle of a player-created species, Wright hopes to change the way the player experiences time. It's almost like the way a telescope or microscope recalibrates our eyesight, he says. In the same way, a computer simulation can recalibrate our instincts. By illuminating the long-term effects of actions that take decades or even millions of years to play out, we can take a lot of long-term dynamics and press them into short-term experiences. Damn. If wow. there's one difference that I could possibly make in the world that I could choose to make, uh, it would be to give people a better way to calibrate their long-term thinking. Spore is an attempt to do that, and in doing so, to change the world. Wow. So, I can't, I he had big goals yeah. for us. Yeah. That kind of does speak to the thing I was saying about wanting to break the game, though. Like, yeah. Because like, it kind of does work with that. And like I said, that's how I played The Sims and shit. I think a lot of people like also would play like roller, to- roller Coaster Tycoon in a similar way of just like... 
trying to push it really hard. Yeah. That makes sense, honestly, because that's, that's what children do with toys, too, and, like... Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. basically what we were doing with Spore, is, like, the equivalent of, like, throwing Barbie dolls around or, like, whatever, burning yeah. ants or something I like think that. he would say there's no wrong way to mm-hmm. play Spore. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. See, and to that's me, so cool. like, that's why I would never got into video games as a kid, because I was, like, I had, like action figures and shit and that's what i would imagine like that's literally i would create like shit like that where like with this video game like it, you're so right yeah. it does feel like a toy like yeah. now i actually see like before i was like when you mentioned it, i was like yeah it does but i didn't like realize how much it like, like wait yeah. that's why i like this yeah. <laughs> i remember playing like on the staircase like tying down a fucking rope and shit like putting yeah. like pushing down like all that shit it was yeah yeah because people do say that like obviously like the sims is like like a digital barbie Basically, like, it's, mm. like, a digital, right. like, dollhouse, and... It's just your fucking imagination, like... Yeah, it's just it, taking, like, concepts that exist... Like, that's what simulation actually is, mm-hmm. is, like, taking a concept that obviously exists in the real world and, like, making another version of it or trying to, like, replicate it, and, like... Yeah. I think this is, like... These are games that really do try to do that, but with toys specifically. Like, they're trying to simulate, like, a real-life toy or something like that. I, I, like, there's nothing exactly like Spore, I think, that you could play in the real world, necessarily, mm. but... Yeah, definitely not. There's still those, like, physical aspects of it, of, like, modeling a creature out of clay, and it's, like, something yeah. that's kind of relatable to, like, or playing like, pretend. Or, like, Lego. Like, this is what you imagine your Lego or your Play-Doh mm-hmm. are doing, is yeah. that they're taking over a planet, or mm-hmm. they're battling or they're growing yeah. or something and maybe that's part of why you felt like a narrative sort of yeah. deal with like your experience like why oh, you related yeah. to your mm-hmm. creature and everything because you were like you were really playing like because that's what true play <laughs> ends up being is yeah. like you're actually being imaginative that and, shit like, literally like it made me feel like a kid yeah because like, they're yeah. so right when they said like you're not luke skywalker you're fucking george lucas yeah oh my god that blew my fucking mind <laughs> <laughs> And that kind of, I feel like one of the most common things you'll say when we're playing a game is, what am I supposed to do? And Spore yeah. directly puts that in your hands of yeah. whatever you want to do. Yeah. Like, sure, there's objectives of, you know, build a city that's profitable, mine mm-hmm. the spice, whatever, but you can do whatever you want. And that's what I stopped liking about those those last two stages. Yeah. That to me, I was like, what What am I doing? It was more of the objectives. Though. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think so. the later stages, like I touched on this earlier, they also still lack the element of like your customization having like a direct tie in to like yeah. your abilities. Because like that's why I think the cellular stage is so effective, is because it's like the mechanics tie into yeah, the way your creature looks right. and like the way you move and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then that dies away pretty quickly. Like it does. Once Damn, you're in the tribal that's stage, crazy, yeah. it kind of like stops mattering as much. And then. Yeah. But I think I still like the tribal stage. But then by the time you get to like this later kind of stuff, it's just still like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the number of guns you put on reputation. your ship doesn't affect you the same way as like the number of... Yeah, uh, yeah that's what I noticed too. I was yourself. like, the fucking giant-ass monster killed my fucking your crazy spider ship. gun <laughs> shit like in two seconds. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, and then it just becomes numbers and hit yeah. points yeah. and it becomes right. more like a traditional video. Like, like I know it'd be hard yeah. to do, but there could maybe have been ways for them to have some kind of like... I don't know, like a system where you have credits or something that you get to spend, like some kind of limitation on like the amount of guns you can initially put on and like mm-hmm. you research tech or something. Maybe yeah. there's systems like that that I'm not remembering, yeah. but like, I, I still, so. there's no, not, not. I, yeah, but I don't think there's shit later on that like really is tied into how your things look. That's difficult because yeah. I feel like sometimes that stuff requires like more complex technology. Bro, let's make that shit. I know, let's, let's do fucking it. do it. <laughs> right, after, right after this podcast. <laughs> There's some stuff like that too. There's, there is some stuff like that out there and it's all like super genius and yeah. it's always important to acknowledge this was like er- an early game and it was doing yeah. something really cool. I know 2000s isn't like early, but you know, I mean, 
for like yeah. a pretty like technological game that's like pretty early for simulation games now we have like euro trucker and <laughs> stuff like that and lawnmower those games are fucking yeah. advanced like yeah yeah i don't know how it, is lawnmower simulator like really in depth like where it has like the mechanics of the that lawnmower I don't know. together i don't know yeah. i know that a lot of those trucker simulators do get very in yeah depth, though. they yeah. always have like the full like um suspension systems mm-hmm. like it's all about like adjusting your system weather system i mean microsoft that. flight simulator people learn how to yeah become pilots yeah, yeah for that. sure yeah. this is reminding me did you guys ever watch that episode of shark tank i don't know why a couple <laughs> years ago i got really into fucking shark tank it's addicting and uh, <laughs> and they pitched this like huge sphere would like you would walk into it and you'd be like a gamer and it would spin around you have to be walking oh I've seen and things like that. They they like it failed like in the show, but they actually got bought by the military, and that's how they fucking do missions. <laughs> that's like, sick. Yeah. That's how you do. You get that arms deal instead. <laughs> <laughs> Playing black. That's ops. like the fucking. That's like the fucking guy who made Oculus Rift, who has like all those arms deals, and he's like being a big mega dork, and like I made a headset that will kill you if you die in the game. It's like all right, dude. Relax. <laughs> take, take your meta check. <laughs> Yeah, and so we've been talking uh, about, you know, games. Roger Ebert had that whole video games can never be art thing, so we've been talking about that throughout this podcast. And early on, my kind of, like, working definition of an art form was the crystallization of something. Yeah. So uh, music, crystallization of listening, dance, crystallization of movement, some shared experience. And, and just, like, like interactivity more so? Yeah, so like... I was saying, like, uh, objectives or goals, mm-hmm. but I wanted to point out that this software toy thing really goes against that because yeah. it's... Or something like the Stanley Parable, which that is just, like, you're going through, like, a story pretty much. You're not really playing yeah. a game. Yeah. But I would still count that as a video game, yeah. kind of. And, and people seem to view those things, in my opinion, as being closer to, like big air quotes here like art like actual proper right. art like right. if a video game is going to be art it's like a, wa- a walking simulator yeah or like it's got to be meta it's something a little bit less gamey feeling i know sport is gamey feeling but like it's kind of like on that like uh on that bridge that's what i'm yeah. saying about it. it reminded me so much about like shit like the last of us and that like shit like movie kind of yeah 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 i love that he brought up montessori toys i never really heard of those before but of just it being a you're putting the like power of imagination in the kids' hands and mm-hmm. whatever they decide to do with it, it goes from there. Yeah. So that was our uh, in-depth view on Spore. In the next section, we're going to talk a little bit about how this game was received, and we will be right back on the New Player Podcast. All right, we are back with the New Player Podcast, finishing up our conversation about Spore. We're going to talk a little bit about this game's reception. The consensus was generally favorable. Um, like Mark was saying, this game, del- it promised a lot that it didn't necessarily deliver on. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It stood the test of time. Here we are. The Metacritic score for this game was 84 out of 100. IGN gave it a 9.2 out of 10. And GameSpot gave it an 8 out of 10. Pretty good. Not, not Pretty bad. good scores. Uh, this Game Pro review uh, stood out to me as just uh, kind of a sum up of Spore. Uh, Andrew Dagley said, As is the case with all of Will Wright's games, Spore is immense in every sense of the word. In terms of scope, ambition, and length, the game reaches for, and for the most part, meets its lofty goals. It's an incredible innovative title that attempts to chart itself from its infantile beginning to its end. And yet, much like life itself, it's not exactly perfect. It has some issues that keep it from fully tapping into its vast potential, but it's still one of the most original and interesting titles to come out 
in this or any other year. Yeah, man, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Even if it's yeah. not a perfect game, you can't knock it for not being ambitious or yep. unique yeah. or original. Yeah. I think it's easy to, like, uh, or, like, for some people maybe to feel like it's, like, scammy. Because there's been, like I said, there's games now where I feel like they try to, like, really mislead you and they sell it to you early. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really the case for this game. Like, it wasn't an early access game, so... It's one of those things that feels a little bit more forgivable that it didn't reach its goals, maybe in certain ways. Yeah. At least for me. And it makes you appreciate what you actually do get. Yeah, like, I I appreciate yeah. the hell out of that game. Yeah. That game is cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beyond any serious criticism, I think everyone can agree that game is fucking cool. Like yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't need to be complicated. It's good. <laughs> uh, some other things people praised about the game were the scope, creativity, and uniqueness. Uh, Nick Colin of IGN Australia said. Spore will make you acknowledge just how far we've come and just how far we have to go. And it will change the way you think about the universe we live in. Yep, it does. It really does. (laughs) I love that they set out such high goals for a game like this. Yeah. Yeah, and what games are making you think about the universe now? Like, not really. Yeah. I feel like games that do that now, it's much more of like a narrative kind of focus. And like, they're maybe tend to be less like gamey i guess i know that spore isn't exactly less software toys either. yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's probably the best way to put it it's less of like a software toy i don't know of many like more toyish kind of things that would make me change like my perception of reality i don't know if spore does that either i gotta be honest like yeah it didn't really make me consider know. the universe as a kid i feel like it did tap into that it did yeah, make me think just like that. from this organism to something that can conquer planets yeah that's just such a cool idea but now yeah it didn't really tap i just like loved creatures as a kid like Mm -hmm. most people i guess i was just like i love creatures i just want to build creatures so for me like i know it it definitely like because i like we were talking about like before recording we had i had mentioned too that i felt like these kinds of games were like good to teach kids how to like like program or like interact with like uh sort of like software environments like making music and shit like that for some reason it's like related to that kind of thing as like some sort of like learning tool and like a different kind of way of approaching gaming that's not necessarily fully playing a game and it's not like it's not competitive in a certain way yeah i don't know it's just like a it's a unique thing bringing it back to like star wars like for me growing up it was always jabba's palace and the cantina and i was like looking at the aliens i just like i wanted to like see more of that stuff and playing this was like i get to build my own sh- i get to create my Lucas. own creature like yeah yeah exactly. and yeah. uh yeah no I, I fucking love that about this game but you could probably make a, a jabba like character oh for sure yeah, easy you could probably do that pretty easily probably make a george lucas <laughs> I if think... you wanted to <laughs> you could easily make george lucas <laughs> that man's a beast he's a monster <laughs> i think they have like um a similar trunk type of design like what you'd see on some of the creatures in tatooine you know those yeah. little winged guys i forget what they're called like the the dudes who try to sell Anakin. Oh, Watto. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You could make Watto. I'm oh, for 100%, sure. For sure. Yeah. I know you could make Watto. <laughs> would it game. be as racist in the game yes, as it is it, in the it, movie? It absolutely would. <laughs> <laughs> there must be so much just messed up stuff on the yeah. Sporopedia. <laughs> uh, yeah. So GameSpy and other uh, talking about scope, creativity, and uniqueness. They said Spore is a technological triumph that introduces a whole new way of tapping into a bottomless well of content which also touches on that software toy thing of you just keep going back to it. Another thing they praised was small load times. 
That is true, actually, though. The, the load yeah. times were pretty impressive for that, that period. I was amazed like, in the space stage how you zoom out and your spaceship just keeps rising. Yeah, And then yeah. you're on the galactic scale. I think and it's kind of important to remember that sort of stuff. Like, in retrospect, how fucking cool that was. Like, there weren't really games like that where you would see a whole planet at once. Like, yeah. I, I I can't think of many. I know there are, there's some space games like that. But really, like, the concept of being able to, like, pull out onto that scale, that was pretty new. And, like... It definitely gave you like a visceral like feeling of like I'm fucking flying in it's space wild. now. Yeah. It was cool, yeah. yeah. And that idea of making you think about the universe, it a game where you start out in the water and then you're flying above the planet. Like that is Dude, yeah. that's that what I'm saying. Yeah. Imagine that shit with today's graphics. That shit would yeah, be fucking be cool. incredible. And like it could like, even be like, like cartoony still, but like they could just upgrade the textures yeah. and lighting and shit. Yeah. Or, for me though, if they had like modern physics in a game like this, which isn't really that far-fetched to do i think mm-hmm. an indie developer could pull that off no, like for just sure. throwing physics onto like a creature building type mm-hmm. of game like that could totally happen i can but, see it i can but, see that shit bro. but like what i was yeah. saying before i don't know if that's like marketable anymore to make a game it would have to be a passion project i think like someone would just have to be like i love the idea of yeah. making this this thing you know yeah. that yeah. could happen Who knows? you'd be surprised i, I feel like a lot of people there. would be interested in that shit yeah. yeah it could it could exist like yeah. there's so many games out right now yeah. and i don't know all of them so yeah. it could already be an iphone app that has an Every five I, I was playing the one yep. this one game I, I forget what it's called it's like incredible creatures or something like that and it, i think there's like an old game that's like it too where it's like it's another like simulation kind of battle game where you can like strap arms and legs onto like a t-rex and like make them fight each other and sort of stupid <laughs> stuff like that like like really dumb and it is like a more physics-based like humor like toy game you know where it's supposed to be ridiculous is we that played the this same together. okay <laughs> yeah i had it on my phone it was like battle arms or something it was something put, like, like this. a machine gun on a velociraptor or something yeah, yeah. It, it's just designed to make like surreal stupid kind of stuff so i think like there's stuff like this that exists now but like yeah. you guys said it's more like a mobile thing or like yeah because now our phones can handle playing games like that so it makes sense yeah. yeah it does i feel like a phone could handle spore honestly uh, definitely and, yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think if if it was like accessible, like if you could download it, it would probably run pretty pretty well. Yeah, I think so. Especially if you have one of those gamer friendly phones, like if, when you see people on the bus with like the controller attached to their uh, phone. Oh or, yeah, or something I've always wanted, but like it's also like I'm not gonna. It's the next step. <laughs> yeah, someday. <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, mobile gaming isn't as popular here as a lot of other countries, but maybe someday it will be. I don't. I don't know. Maybe mm. that'll change. I could see it. The Switch is a pretty big thing. That's yeah. true. I wish I could like just be that guy who'd like plays my switch in public all the time but yeah i can't commit that strongly talking about that. promises that aren't delivered on it's I like a promise but i'm not gonna do it yeah they made the, of course they want to make it seem like people are culturally accepting of gamers but they're not <laughs> if i played my switch on the on the subway i driven robbed. out of town they call me a nerd <laughs> anytime that i bring like my switch on a plane or anything where i'm like yeah i'll just pull it out in my like plane seat and start playing it i never do i just oh, put on dude, i, I just put on a show do. on my phone that's or something. the crazy thing i'm like i actually do that and like i don't even know i, I played quake on my switch which Ooh. is such a weird thing to do like why are you playing quake of all games on the switch but for some reason i did that and i was playing it at the airport and it was like 
it was sick it was the switch dream no one judged me either i was just living <laughs> living in the moment yeah. right it always just feels like more of a commitment than it wants i don't know why it's so easy to just yeah. turn it on it's like playing it's on a the, phone the screen kind of strains your eyes if you're an old man like me and mm-hmm. i got i got 2020 vision i'll uh i'll say that much but it's still like, be nice it's still yeah <laughs> it still hurts though. you're looking at three guys with glasses right now <laughs> i'm like just bragging 3d baby <laughs> like yeah you know <laughs> it'll go someday don't worry but, um, the I do feel like it might have switch. to do with the screen and like your hands like on the little thing like oh yeah they start hurting don't mean to sound like a baby but mm. it's yeah. like it's a little bit hard to grip for me so maybe that's a part of it too it yeah. makes you a little tired it makes you a little sleepy I recently <laughs> I recently beat Cuphead and I know I'm gonna get arthritis because of did, did you play that on <laughs> Switch? on Switch yeah I haven't played that but it, I've heard it's hard like that it's a legit platformer and it's like kind of like bullet hellish a little bit like there's a lot yeah. going on there's the just tons of elements going on on the screen yeah that sounds cool but once you it's get the pattern school, you know. it's it's very dark soulsies and that it's just the pattern yeah i see i see i need to play that i mean even just for design alone like oh, i know that's beautiful. like the gimmick of the game but it really actually looks fucking cool so yeah. it's one of those gimmicks that you could tell they put so much work into it that it actually it, matters yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. it's just nice and, yeah. and what spores gimmick um the creature the building. universe oh everything. yeah <laughs> the everything game. that's like the funny thing is like yeah spore is the gimmick like the whole game <laughs> is gimmick and once you get to that point it's like it ends up carrying itself a little bit mm-hmm. where it's yeah. like it is actually like a novel thing so why the hell not yeah yeah again i guess that goes back into why this was made when it was and why we don't see a lot more games like it anymore because it's yeah. kind of already happened like it's true yeah yeah, and I mean, so some of the criticisms that maybe led to this not being around anymore are uh, that it was trying to do too much. Uh, zero punctuation said of it, the chief failing of Spore is that it's trying to be five games, each one a shallow and cut down equivalent of another game, with the civilization stage even going so far as to be named after the game, it's bastardizing. Harsh. Pretty harsh. That's really harsh. I agree with them with, <laughs> yeah, to a certain extent where yeah, I feel like, I don't know how entertaining, like, would you really be able to sell one individual game of each stage? I don't think and so. And like, what game is the cell stage? Yeah, bastardizing. Yeah. 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 Wait. Mm-hmm. What did they mean by that? Which stage takes the game's name? Civilization. Oh, what? Wait. What Which did they mean? Fair. He's saying the civilization stage is just a clone of the game civilization. Oh, yeah. oh, I see. I see. Maybe. Which I don't I mean, even know if that's fair. It's like an RTS. It's more just part RTS. Of the process. Yeah. yeah, it's more that just seems a genre. I think all the other stuff super, super, super mm-hmm. fair. Like I, I truly think most of them fall short of being like or justifying like a good mini game mm-hmm. in the end. Unfortunately, well, but, and it goes to the yeah. audience of like if all of these things were super fine-tuned and deep, yeah. then does it become a kids' game anymore? Like I, yeah. I wouldn't want to play that as a kid. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's like. This is part of why, like, I think, like, I've been critical of this game, but I don't mean to, like, be too harsh on it. Because I do know that it's, like, it's a toy, and, like, there's certain things in, like, game development that are just, like, a, it's a pipe dream, basically. And, like, this game does do a fairly decent job of, like, balancing shit like that. But, yeah. Yeah, you do have to come... I, it's hard not to come to the conclusion, though, that the mini games or, like, stages are a little bit underwhelming. But I would not... I would not compare it to Civ. That game is so... If it was like Civ, that would be kind of cool, actually, because then it would be much more expansive. But mm. it's really, like, not even close to being comparable to that, in my mm. opinion. I'm not, like, a huge Civ player, but, like, I like grand strategy games and stuff. And, like, even if... The, if like, again, do you want Spore to be a grand strategy exactly, game? Like, yeah. do you really want to be managing, like, a shit ton of resources <laughs> and, like, taking it that seriously and no. so yeah that, considering that i mean i think it's like reasonable that it was the way it was yeah but no. again comparing it to civ 
kind of crazy to me. I don't know yeah. if I like, I don't know. Uh, so going back to the toys versus game thing, that was another thing. Um, some people liked, some people didn't like. This is that same Seth Scheisel, a New York Times review, where he says, The quintessential toys, like a ball or toy soldier, captivate with their versatility. Children can see in a toy what they wish and are content. Adults, however, tend to lose interest in toys after a little while. Instead, they can find deep intellectual and sometimes emotional engagement in the games that emerge around those simple toys, like soccer and chess. Those games are eternal, not because I can make my rook look like a slavering alien or because David Beckham occasionally sprouts wings, but because their basic dynamics and rules are perfectly tuned to foster an almost infinitely interesting variety of tactics, strategies, and results. Sport does not have that magic, at least not at the world-beating level it so clearly could have. People who are more interested in playing Spore than in playing with Spore, that is, people who are more interested in a game than a toy, are likely to come away feeling a bit let down. Wow, that's so funny because I find myself so attracted to stuff like that, like where it's just the like the concept of something and then yeah. it's like maybe a little bit of a letdown like in the end. That's that's really like a, that's funny that they, they say that. I, I feel like too he's kind of highlighting the difference in some regards of like a toy to like a proper quote unquote game, you know, like yeah. games do really focus on like mechanics being the part that like draws you to them. But like a toy, it is just like interactivity and it's experimental and it's like you're feeling things out to see what the outcomes might be. And like, I, I keep saying how I wish that that game would benefit from more mechanics, but like, again, maybe there, maybe this review isn't considering that, that, that Will Wright really wanted to make like a toy, you know? Yeah. And Will Wright even said, these aren't games. Like yeah. the fact that there has to be a distinction between playing Spore and playing with Spore. Yeah. It should be whatever you like. The yeah. Most. Mm-hmm. And playing with Spore is the most fun. And like I said, like, yeah, I think, like, maybe part of that balance wasn't right for the game, and, like, they maybe couldn't make it gamey enough and toyish enough at the same time for it to really mesh well, and maybe that's part of, like, why we were talking about how you got bored, like, yeah. playing it eventually, and how eventually it sort of feels like, yo, I loved building this stuff, but now I'm kind of like, okay, what do I do with it? Yeah. Like, that's a level where maybe, like, it could, it, it would literally, it would benefit from more interactivity and more gamerness, but... And I didn't, you know, I, I didn't even get into like that deep. It was like just starting and it was like, I already felt like that. So I was just like, yeah. Yeah. Cause like you built your creatures and you're like, I'm so hyped. Yeah. And then like, right when you kind of see them in the world, you're like, yeah, this is cool. But then you're like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, All right. I want to go to the next stage now and just like design more houses and stuff. Yep. Maybe that's why the Sims ends up being more of like an eternal kind of game because it's like, it's so much more replayable, like with its interactivity, because literally you just keep buying shit. Like you can just be like full consumer mode and just like and just buy a bunch of appliances and like the game stays fresh because you're just like that's it the game is customizing but with sport it's like so much of the game was customizing and creation but then again when you get into like practice it's sort of like i got this thing i love but yeah yeah i don't want to agree with this guy you know because he's <laughs> well, like you know, oh chess is a proper game i don't need to customize my yeah. rook to, to enjoy a proper game of chess it's like yeah i agree with you dude but like well, okay. <laughs> and so the opposite side of that same uh, sentiment, Nick Colon of IGN Australia said, one of the single most versatile games ever made, Spore's potential is limited only by your imagination. The different paths are simply icing on the cake. So both of them talk about versatility. Seth Scheisel said, uh, games should be versatile, but Spore is not versatile. And then Nick says, this is one of the most versatile games I've ever played. So funny. So <laughs> it's... It seems like it's more expectation, like what you're coming yeah. to score yeah. for versus mm. what you get. But 
Did you have any expectation coming into this game? No, I didn't know much about it. That's so completely the fresh. Of everyone else who ever played this exactly. Game. Yeah. That's yeah. So everybody like, else was way too hyped. Maybe yeah. you got the most fair vision of the game. You yeah. know, like I think it so. being much later when it came out and like mm-hmm. not having bought into hype. It's so funny because like again, I was saying like before, I love buying into like the imaginary of like this kind of like universe, and I like the ideology of a game, and maybe mm-hmm. that's somehow what sold it to me as a kid, but. That's also like kind of just how hype culture works, and that's yeah. been yeah. like sort of like the bane of many many a gamers' lives in the past few years. So and now it's fucking Star Wars and Marvel, unfortunately. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all hype culture. It's like big consumer culture, and like yeah. it's normal and everything. But mm-hmm. it's it's funny how that changes. You yeah, know? you're buying the brand more than the product. Yeah. yeah, and with something like Spore, it's so funny because it, it is really like when you were reading the description from the company earlier of like what they wanted to achieve, it really reads like something that you would sell to another business almost like the mm-hmm. type of language you use at like a convention of like i created a new technology to like teach people how to like do something like right. it's really like grand mm-hmm. in scale so yeah they're calling it a philosophic toy like that's like, that's, that's big huge, yeah. you're not gonna say that to kids necessarily that's mm-hmm. like yeah. you're really trying to like sell it as like a cultural moment or something like that and like, some people used it in uh classrooms and stuff like teachers Makes really praised this game praised this game so yeah, I mean, I, I wrote down this uh, quick, this is a title of a review from Jason Ocampo from IGN that I think sums all of it up really well. He says, Spore is undoubtedly an amazing accomplishment, it's just not quite an amazing game. Which I think is fair. Like, yeah. if you're coming to it expecting a game, yeah, might not be, you know, the most. But I will say one of the best things uh, seeing Jose play these games throughout this podcast is not falling on either side of like a fence for metal gear solid for sonic Mm -hmm. for tmnt like just playing them how they hit you flat and not you're not a nintendo guy you're not a sega guy you're not a mario guy whatever it is it's just do i enjoy the thing which that should Mm -hmm. be what games are and so often we get caught in all the the hype or the drama all the other Mm -hmm. bullshit yeah Yeah. same with star wars yep (laughs) (laughs) This amazed me. It was number 20 of Time's Best Inventions of 2008. That's so cool. Wow. They called it the everything game. Yeah. Number four on that list is Hulu. It's really? so weird. Like, yeah, it really does remind me of like, did you guys ever get like catalogs as kids that had like toys for, I guess we mentioned this already, like toys that are made for like kids growing, like the kind of like Scandinavian designed mm. like toy sort of yeah. thing. Like it really feels like that kind of like, designer product that like parents would see Mm -hmm. maybe that does sort of account for like the language of them like sort of saying this is like a philosophical toolbox you know like it is like maybe speaking to the parents like the the mom and dad who like bought a macbook early you know and are like into playing like mozart for their baby and like that kind of thing you know and then that's like their consumer to be like oh i'm gonna buy a spore for my Mm -hmm. for my boy you know like I'm, that's making me realize that I didn't buy Spore. My parents would have bought it for me, and they were probably like, this is a philosophic toy? Wow. <laughs> yeah. He wants to play Modern Warfare 2 like a dipshit. Yeah, yeah. Spore. Like, you go into the store, and like the, the person selling the game is like, yeah, you know, there's like a mass shooting scene in this game, the no Russian level. Like, I don't know if this you want your kids to you think play about this. the universe. Yeah, like, but there's Spore. This is like you make animals. I think maybe we crack the code with that one. Cause I think so. Like, it really, it is as simple as who's buying the game. Do all these 12-year-olds... 12, 12 I know I mentioned I was grinding for my $300, <laughs> so I'm just built differently, and you know that. But, yeah, like, it's the parents buying it, mm-hmm. so it makes sense for them to kind of want to, like, be like, this is a brain toy. It's mm-hmm. going to make your kid, like, engaged and, like, creative. And I feel like it does do that, honestly. Like, yeah. I know, like, I sort of felt like it's not... It didn't maybe 
like it didn't expand my view of the universe like he kind of mm. was saying maybe it did maybe that's what i'm describing now but i think like it reached some kind of goal of like being a creative game yeah. you know yeah and i don't think like uh development experts would say like play-doh is bad for kids but not because yeah. it yeah. doesn't it's not a philosophic toy but it just it helps with motor skills it helps with imagination blah 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 which seems like was more will Wright's overall uh point uh, yeah, so uh, wrapping up, we got to do our uh, our usual Scorsese or Stark. What do you think? Uh, Scorsese all the way. Scorsese? Scorsese okay. all the way. Yeah. Wait, see? I'm not familiar with this rating system. You need to explain this to me. <laughs> no one is. I know who Scorsese is. I don't... Maybe I know who Stark is. Maybe not. Stark was a weapons manufacturer. Yeah. Um, and then... Wait, in real life? No. You're not talking about Tony <laughs> yes. Stark. So we started out. <laughs> we started out. I'm obviously doing... not a huge Marvel head, <laughs> but um, I know who that is, so I'm not that stupid. No, it's it's dumber than you think. So we started. <laughs> we started out saying, um, "Is this game mindless entertainment, or is it more artistic?" Oh um, yeah. And yeah. then, is it more? What was it after that? Oh, South Park or Parasite? Because uh, yeah, South Park can be artistic. Mm-hmm. And then we went because mindless entertainment also felt not fair. Yeah. Um, and then Marvel Cinematic Universe or more, because Martin Scorsese had that thing about their theme park rides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was Marvel or Martin. And then I was like, why are we calling Scorsese, Martin Scorsese Martin? Like, he wasn't respectful. He's your friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you need to be a little bit more respectful. Yeah, yeah so know. we threw some respect on his name. Yeah, Put some respect on that name. Scorsese or Stark. <laughs> and yeah, I think this definitely leans more towards an auteur For sure. vision yeah. Yeah, instead of just like mass entertainment. During like the last year we were talking about, I just couldn't stop thinking about like um what we were saying like before about like uh what's considered art or not and, yeah. like the ways that people were trying to like rationalize like the ways that this isn't a game but it's like is a game and how it's falling short like the guy that i was like disagreeing with before about the whole like chess thing and everything like this i think is a really good argument for like spores being like an art game mm-hmm. for me like i know again i consider all games like art or whatever and like I try to, like, include everything under the definition of, yeah. like, art. I think that's the most fair thing to do with that. Yeah. But, like, I think it's appropriate for this game, like, to, like, at least understand it, like, if you need to put it into a box, that it's on that kind of, like, spectrum of, oh, like, yeah. sure. being, like, almost an art piece. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And one of Ebert, Roger Ebert's big thing, that's how this whole thing started, was him saying video games can never be art. Um, and one of his what a big bitch. Th- I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does he know? <laughs> and one his two big things were authorship that um, games can't have authorship because the player is influencing so much of them, whereas a movie can have very overt oh my God, authorship. What a dork! Come I know. On. He's <laughs> that's like not even true for certain forms of like literature, like. Have you ever yeah. heard of choose your own adventure novels, dude? <laughs> Famously, <laughs> art. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, I would say that's not even a good. Why would that have to be artistic? Yeah, that has nothing like, to do with cares? art. That's yeah. like um, what people thought in like the 40s or something. Like that really is like a long yeah. gone way of viewing things. Very long gone. Yeah. And then his other one was that video games haven't had their Citizen Kane. Um, and by the at the time he was playing, people were pointing out Shadow of the Colossus, which yeah. was already and Half was a big Life one. too. Like Half Life is a there's big all one. these old games that are such strong statements on like what gaming is like. Even yeah. Doom, which is like stupid in a way. I love Doom, but it's like very like meatheadish type of yep. game all right yeah definitely more uh scorsese this game jose this game takes 12 and a half hours to beat did you mm-hmm. like it enough to play the rest which is a loaded question for this mm-hmm. for something like ssx tricky we modded that to say would you want to play enough to unlock all the characters mm-hmm. and you said it was something you would yeah. just come back to 
less would you play it for 12 hours to beat it? Is this something you think you'd come back to? Oh, 100%. And I would still do the 12 hours and like, oh, wow. I would probably like, if I like it enough, I would continue. But okay. at least I'd, I'd do the 12 hours. Just trying to beat this I didn't game. know it was only 12 hours. Hell yeah. yeah. Okay. Get to the center of the uh, universe. Oh, that's cool. Meet Steve. But you can spend a lot more time after in that, that world yeah. than I probably yeah. stop before it right that. There. I think you could you could stretch that pretty I'd probably far. stop it right there, yeah. 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 You could probably make that faster or much longer. Yeah. Depending on what you're looking for. Like if you were like in your role playing phase, then mm-hmm. you could probably spend a lot of time in it. Like the objectives aren't like that broad, but like yeah. I feel like if you got into it and especially with customizing, you could oh, clock yeah. like, oh, yeah. like thirty hours or for more real. into it. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, so ranking list. Your ranking list right now is SSX Tricky at number four, Hyperstone Heist at number five, Sonic Three at six, Metal Gear Solid at seven. One being the best, ten being the worst. Where are you putting this one? I put this one at one. One. Whoa. Yeah. Damn, Mark. The experiment yeah. worked. You got a number one. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I honestly, yeah. I respect that. I'm, I a do big, too. I'm a big fan of MGS as mm. well, and I know that's low on the list. And these are just super different games, so like that's cool. Yeah. That, that's cool. Yeah. Like an experimental game would reach the top. Yeah. That's very cool. And MGS being kind of like the most auteur, but then Spore being that in a totally different way yeah, of like yeah. he's not going for some, you know, cinematic movie feel with yeah. like low res graphics. This is more an experience with also mm. low res. Did, did graphics. you play Snake Eater? Or did you play just the, the original? Yeah. MGS 1, I mean, not like Metal Gear. Just MGS, yeah, 1. Yeah. That game's hard, honestly. Which one was that one again? I, I think that game, personally, is That was hard. the one where they kept calling you. <laughs> and you were oh, running snake around. Ding, ding, snake, ding, ding, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like that shit. I did, I did not like that shit. Uh, you'll have to give it another Metal shot Gear? at some point. But that game is hard and frustrating, and it's aged. And it's, it's very it's clunky. It's aged like a motherfucker. It's clunky. <laughs> but, man, if you want to like basically play an anime... Mm. Yeah, I'm not a big anime too. fan. Well, so. that, that kind of <laughs> explains it too. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so, Mark, what are you playing right now? Are you playing anything? Okay, wait, what am I playing? I'm playing Cruelty Squad. Oh, Do you guys that? know that game? It's, no. an, it's another indie game. It's it, This is also more of like an art kind of game. And it's like, because I've been playing a lot of um, immersive sim games and like uh, boomer shooters, so like classic kind of shooters. And it's like a riff on those two styles. It's kind of like a very like meta self-aware and like very like psychedelic weird game where you're like a like it's sort of pitched that you're like a loser hitman who got like fired from his last job and so you're you're working for this uh mega corporation called the cruelty squad Hmm. and like uh you just go around like uh, assassinating people and like the missions it's like very like like your boss calling you and like the cops are at your apartment like you got to get the fuck out of there and then you like waking up and just like murdering everyone in your apartment building like it's extremely like edgy and like crazy Mm -hmm. and like really psychedelic and it's very auteur what's it called cruelty squad it's a finnish artist he did like a lot of like uh, music videos and design for like like weird experimental music and this game is definitely like a a very strong like reflection of that it's like so bright that it like burns your eyes playing it (laughs) it's very intense i before that i was playing a game called cultic like another indie shooter so i've just been on like an indie shooter rampage and nice yeah this one is is dense and like like takes energy to play through but it's it's a very cool game if you like the aesthetics of like a weird kind of clunky game then it's it's a cool game to experience okay sick yeah very nice. Uh, well, in terms of plugs or put-ons, I know, Mark, you were saying... Follow me on Instagram, 1MP1SH. Hell yeah. I don't post much, but you can be my friend. 
Absolutely. <laughs> great follow. Really great follow. All right. Well, that's Spore. I've heard all I need to hear, and we'll see you next week. Mark, thank you for joining us. That was a blast to talk about Spore. Thanks, guys. This was super fun. And the game's got close it. to my thank heart, so Shit. it's nice to talk about with you guys. And you got I Jose appreciate you yeah, or fucking putting me onto this game. Hell yeah. So. We brain linked over this yes, amazing <laughs> toy game. <laughs> <laughs> Software toys for the win. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. See you next time on the New Player Podcast. Peace. Bye.